Tony, Skylar, Jimmy, happy holidays. It's great to see you guys. Thanks for coming on here. We got a lot to talk about. Tony, are you in California? I am. I am in California, and I am not worried about a polar vortex. Okay, yep. That's what I was just going to (laughs) say. It's nice here in Illinois. Hopefully those factory, uh, Ravine factory team gets home safe tonight. We've got a lot to talk about, and we're going to have a guest on soon. Mason, he might just kind of fly in here mid-stride, which is fine if he does. Um, But we have some news this week. Can you tell us what happened and just tell us the reaction? Take it away. Yeah, thanks so much for uh, for allowing us to hop back on with you. It's it's always really great to have the chance to uh, amplify message or clarify message as we sort of learn and see what customers are are taking from our outbound. So uh, earlier this week, we shared uh, an email with thousands of our R1T pre-order holders that had all previously configured uh, quad max pack vehicles um, and also followed that up with a blog post um, that was posted recently that provides more detail and depth on uh, a new variant that was introduced, an enhanced dual motor MAX, um, along with the standard dual motor MAX. So essentially, uh, in that email, we just clear, we, we updated a few things. Most importantly, that we're removing the quad MAX from the configurator in January. And in its place, we'll be offering standard dual MAX enhanced dual max to those customers. Um, and both of those options really maintain the, the range estimates. Both are, are quite highly capable. And, and the reason we're bringing Mason on, we're bringing a, a product engineer that can really talk about performance. So I'll, I'll save that for him to kind of dig into because it's fun. Um, and it also then decreases the price tag for those customers that are locked into a pricing commitment with us. So essentially that's the orders before 3-1 and orders between 3.2 and 5.25. That's sort of how those emails were sent out in segments. Um, We let customers know that there's no action necessary unless they want to move to quad large pack uh, R1s, which is the fastest delivery. And we've actually seen quite a few takers. Um, Once this news came out, we've seen quite a few customers reconfigure to that uh, variant. Um, and then the final piece is that the, the action for customers will come in early Q1 when all of these changes are loaded into the configurator. Um, we chose to do this now uh, rather than waiting for everything to be live in the configurator because there's a thought process for a lot of folks that are buying uh, a vehicle like this. Mm-hmm. And sending the email now with some information, um, giving customers a flavor of the options that are going to be online in 2023 was really important to us. Uh, so that it isn't a surprise in January when you have a choice to make. Um, the configurator would be live. You'd have to, you know, sort of weigh back and forth which button are you going to press. This gives some folks some downtime to think through uh, what's best for them, um, range, performance, uh, cost, and uh, and also some time to formulate questions that they would then pose back to our team. Makes a ton of sense, and I realize maybe we can dig in a little bit deeper with Mason, but I'm I'm interested in some of the technical details around the the dual motor architecture and options. Um, in general, though, so for those long term pre order holders that had a max pack configured as a quad the the pricing is actually going down on the dual motor max pack options either either one of them correct 
That's right. Uh, I can just read them so I keep them very straight for you. Should I do that? Absolutely. That'd be great. Great. So, so for customers uh, that placed a, a pre-order on or before uh, March 1st of 2020, 20, 2022, uh, switching from quad motor plus max pack to standard dual motor plus max pack. Um, one day we're going to get really short names, I think. Uh, <laughs> will reduce price by forty by $4,500. Switching from quad motor max to enhanced dual motor max will reduce the price by $2,000. So dual motor, standard dual motor, minus 4,500. 4, Enhanced dual motor, minus 2,000. And then uh, those customers in, in, in that sort of in-between phase between, uh, you know, the pre-3-1 and reservation holders, they would see a difference of $6,000 and $1,000 respectively. Awesome. Makes sense. And then... I'm sure that there have been some questions that have come into, you know, the the customer engagement center and probably other places as well. What what types of questions are you hearing from the community? Sure. So one of the things that was clarified in the uh, in the blog post that went up um, later this week was what type of enhancement are we talking about? It's a software enhancement. So that's made really clear in the blog post, which I think is great. Um, and then the questions that we always get are really more around delivery timing. You know, there are customers that really want to be able to make these changes now so that they can then lock in and understand uh, in January for the next delivery window update what their timing looks like. So we sort of, uh, I think, again, it's, it felt like a lot of the questions were rather clear um, or, or answered in the copy, but we started to get into the standard, the standard Q&A, which is really like, okay, cool, but when can I get mine? Um, we did hear a lot of feedback around uh, the, pricing, uh, the pricing aspect of it. So uh, that seemed to satisfy at least some of our customers. Um, and then there's a question around in the letter, it mentions that in the future, we would have uh, a quad max variant reintroduced. Um, but there is no information on that today. I don't have timing on that or a roadmap marker uh, to say that our product engineering team is working on this right now as we speak. Um, that will come back in a new pricing set. It will come back later, and I don't expect to see it in 2023. So we tried to make that clear in the email, um, but the team where we were not clear enough, the team has been making that clear for anyone that has called, chatted, or emailed in as follow-up. And it it sounds like for those that start maybe with the standard dual motor and choose to maybe want a little more, we'll call it spice, because it's software-based, is that something that we can uh, be able to purchase for the additional 25 window in order to get some more flavor? Yeah, we, we absolutely will owe a ton more information on that and how that would happen from a commerce perspective. Haven't even begun to spend time on, on working through that particular piece, um, but the team will sort of design how that plays its way into, uh, into the configurator in the future as an option as well. Generally, there is intent to do so, um, still yeah. mapping out those details. So that's a, we'll come back and talk to you about that when we have more information. So, Tony, you. if you can buy more dual motor spice, can you buy more quad motor spice? I have not I heard of the ability to buy <laughs> to, to buy more quad motor spice. Well, <laughs> in that case, we're going to kick it over to Mason. Maybe Mason will know. What's up, Mason? Mason, how are you? What's up, Mason? 
It's great to meet you. Thanks so much for being here. We hear you've been around Rivian for at least a couple minutes, right? Yeah, you guys too. I've, I I feel like I'm old through watching all the videos. Mace, you're like employee employee. You were just hired yesterday, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Mason, were you um, hired before me and Skylar ordered our R1s's? That's a yeah. good question. That's some trivia. That was no. That was November 2018. Do you predate us? I do. Yes. Oh man, that's by, awesome. by so much. He's probably he's been here longer than some of your children are uh, are. <laughs> are in age. That's awesome. Love it. Mason, we do appreciate you being here with us. And I don't know what kind of time constraints you have, but I know you're coming straight from a meeting, probably going to a meeting. And so we'll, we're right into the thick of a conversation. But I think that Skylar in particular has some questions for you that would really zone in on some um, engineering. So take it away, Skylar. Well, kind of first and foremost, Mason, I'd love to hear kind of your general thoughts about the dual motor architecture in general. Um, the blog post answered, I, I think, one of my questions today, but I'll ask <laughs> you that one later. So let's let's start off just talking a little bit about the dual motor architecture and thoughts about it. Yeah, so the dual motor architecture, I guess, uh, this driving in particular, um, we had a really good understanding of our product by the time it came around. Um, in the case of the, the quad motor system, originally we we're developing it and learning about the vehicle and, and really testing it in parallel to the vehicle. Um, when it comes to the single motor, we knew the application very well. We knew the package bit straight, and we really just wanted to execute this, this all wheel drive system with all that knowledge of, of what it takes to perform, uh, well on the air one platform and, and EDB. Um, so the dual motor architecture, it's, it's still all wheel drive. So two, one at the front, one at the back, uh, we have pretty close to the, the straight line performance, uh, of the quad system. Uh, left a you know a bit of margin there, but um, really it's it's very capable in the, in all the situations you're going to see on a daily basis. Uh, you know you you can get right through it and you think wow this is great it's it's using uh, you know front to front to rear auto connect uh, disconnecting the rear for efficiency. It's sending more torque to the front of the rear based on traction. If it's a if it's a steep climb or a rocky you know terrain where you're getting firing or changing the modes between sport. Um, or conserve, uh, yeah, it's it's got a lot of technology baked in. And on those rock crawl situations, we can also grab individually at each corner, grab the brakes and uh, provide some amount of torque differentiation left awesome. to right. So it's, it's you know, got, I think a lot of people talk about torque vector. Um, and when it comes to the quad, that's our, <laughs> that's our ultimate, you know, tool uh, within the propulsion system to control it at each wheel. So with the, with the dual motor, all-wheel drive, you're getting a very capable uh, all-wheel drive system. Through control, we can still dictate how much torque do we want at the front or the back based on traction or optimizing towards efficiency. And then with the brakes, we get that final last little lever of, I've got a wheel in the air, I'm spinning hmm. on, you know, on this rocky terrain. Let me grab that spinning tire with that individual corner's brake and get about half the torque to go, uh, in some cases a bit more, but roughly half the torque back to the wheel still on the ground. So even on those, you know, rough terrain type environments that the dual motor can perform, I can't wait to spend more seat time in it, but <clears throat> from the time I've had, uh, you can basically get through all the obstacles and you think this is great, you know, what, what could be better? And the only time you'd say, I have something is you go drive the quad. So it's a really, <laughs> it's a, yeah, it was a long winded answer, but it's a, it's an interesting topic to cover because 
how do you compare the two unless you have seat tight? So I always approach it from that mentality of what have I felt driving the two? But I think it's that that will be the ultimate uh, decision maker for anyone thinking about which one do I want and, you know, what are the differences? Why, why can't you just write them in numbers on paper? It's really a feel thing. Like if you go mm-hmm. drive the quad, you're going to get this just seamless performance and whether you're crawling or carving through the, you know, the canyons or um, zero to 60 inclement weather, like it, it's a feel thing uh, to, to really get the, a sense of what the two are like. It's got to come and drive it. Yep. Awesome. So brake actuated traction management. And there's, I know that other vehicles in the market, there are some phenomenal systems out there and that that can work really, really well. Should we take that to mean that that is the only um, traction tool in there? Or is there a chance that we might see lockers either when dual motor is released or further down the line? Yeah, I don't know. I'm sure there's a future statement. Brush he, he tried he tried with me too mace i i i got to defer to you and i guess you're deferring to rj now so we'll, we'll ask rj next not next time we see him yeah it's being looked at always uh program plans will will follow up mm-hmm. awesome that's awesome tony you're aware and i don't know mason if you saw it was our first video we did with tony where i had mentioned or maybe it was even offline about quad motor max pack being completely deleted period so it's great to see that uh, the max is still a lot in Rivian stories today one of our more um, into the community members had made a statement that the really cool part about the max pack all-wheel drive dual motor is about 95 percent of the performance about with a 30 percent increase in in overall range and when you when you factor in like when you think about all that um it's actually a really it's a pretty sweet deal i mean as far as like the package that you're getting for you and that's that's my thought as well is these vehicles already um are more capable than 98 percent of customers 99 probably use them (laughs) Uh, both yes, on-road exactly. and off-road. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, the dual motor is going to be a phenomenal package. And that's, if I was to buy another one today, I would probably opt for a more efficient, longer-range dual motor. But that's with the quad motor already in my garage too. So, hey, we can we can sign you up for round two. I I think that's part of that's part of you know the reason I'm I'm particularly proud of our product team and our engineers. They've spent their time to think about more choice. So this did not, Jimmy. You know, you did ask that question um, on the first time I went after the. I think it was after we hung up um, from the first recording. Uh, and the goal really was to bring back more options. So you have those that are focused on price. You have those that are focused on range. You have those that are focused on performance and a mixture in between. Um, and this really does provide additional options for customers to really think through what they need in the vehicle that they're purchasing. 
Um, and then also more optionality for, for those that are coming back for their second Rivian and in the future, maybe their third Rivian as well. I'll echo what all three of you just said as far as Mason saying, man, comparing the two side by side, you have to kind of keep going back and forth. And so in my mind, I would definitely go towards the range uh, that Jimmy mentioned. That's amazing to pick up some range with such a negligible feel of loss and performance because and compared yeah. to my one Tahoe, I still, I'm just still loving it. <laughs> um, sometimes I have to drive my wife's Honda and I come back and it's, I mean, it's just unbelievable. It's so good. So good. And to kick it back to Mason, um, for the YouTube audience who might not know, or they maybe just coming on to this from the very beginning, wouldn't know that this dual motor is an in-house built motor called Enduro, correct? And it seems like from what I've heard, um, are just the reactions that you see on Instagram of like RJ testing out dual motor Enduro. It seems like it over delivered what they expected. Mason, do you want to talk about any of that? Yeah. And in-house is a very, very huge opportunity for us. So, um, basically by harvesting more of those decisions and it, RJ talks all the time about thousands of decisions to make a vehicle, mm -hmm. same is true within that driving it. Right. So the, the, the quicker you can speed up the, the closed loop of a decision-making process and just back and forth with teammates, you know, whether it's in person or on Zoom, just having that ability to collaborate um, was a huge enabler, especially on the single motor drive unit. So it's it's functionally integrated. We, we basically put the, the three major subsystems, inverter, motor, and gearbox, all in the same casting. And part of what enables that to be successful is just the fact that all your partners in delivering it are, are right inside the team. Uh, folks that you can just, you know, collaborate with super quickly. Um, so that, that was the, I guess, development experience of it. And then also un unlike the previous programs, just having a clear slate of like, here's when we're looking to have this, here's, here's exactly what we want out of the system. And Tony mentioned like expanding the breadth of, of, uh, customers who can reach with the R1 platform. You know, I, I love the quad. I'm always going to be an advocate, uh, for it, but not everyone needs that. It's just, it's a. <laughs> Unfortunate, simple truth. Uh, it, and, and having a solution that, you know, allows our vehicle to impact, um, more people and, and get out there and, and push towards electrification is huge. And the single motor. Yeah. We, we took that kind of challenge head on and said between those three subsystems, how do we functionally integrate because we can, you know, make those decisions together, um, to deliver it. So it was a super fun project to be a part of, uh, and yeah, there's a whole, with all those subsystems, huge teams behind this. So it's, uh, it's been exciting to, to grow with the team and with the products on, on this ride. And it is. I'm, I'm super excited that you guys were still able to get 700 horsepower and over 700 pound feet of torque out of two motors when that's approaching what the quad motor does with four. So. Yeah. Anyway, hats hats off. Great job, guys. I do have one more question about dual motor. Is it a 400 plus volt architecture or 800 plus volt architecture? Yeah, it is because it's sharing into the, the platform we have today uh, with the R1, which is at that 400 volts. That's where we initially, uh, you know, set it to operate. Uh, we, we started the program, you know, looking at higher voltages. So it's always kind of on the horizon, but it's this, it's this complex puzzle of products you're building today that want to convert timing of that and, and programs. But 
for the time being, it'll be the 450 volt uh, DC nominal version of single motor driving it. Excellent. Thanks for that question as well. That That is one of the other questions that we've heard uh, at the customer engagement center. So that, that's a great one to pose as well. There's one other thing that I would love to get Rivian's feedback on while, while we're talking about the motors and the architecture. And it's that, you know, Rivian recently said that the range is going to be increased on the existing R1s. And I think, number one, I think that's amazing. Um, I think a lot of the early speculation was that was going to be releasing more power out of, you know, the, the battery buffer. But it sounds like that's efficiency improvements. Is is that right? Or can you guys provide any clarity around that? Yeah, I don't have the full the full recipe of how that was, you know, what all went into that. I know for sure range is a, is a super cross-functional thing. So it, it's, you know, a, a series of things that led to that overall number gain. Wow. I know that a lot of that was energy management and just software optimization. Like when you're cruising on the road or, or parks, um, or charging like any, any operating state of the vehicle, what can you turn off or how can you optimize, you know, only using energy where it's absolutely needed. Um, so that. I know it was a big effort, but in terms of the whole, the whole package of what led to that number, I can't, can't comment. No, fair enough. And I, I don't know. I, did you guys, Jimmy, Kyle, or Tony see range increases yet? Like with the latest OTA, I, I don't think that I have. No, not that I, I'm the guess of meter at least yet. It's a great question. My wife's okay. been hogging my R1S <laughs> since I, literally, yeah, I'm seriously, she's like always driving it now. So I I've been on the it. road, so I haven't, I haven't been driving as much, but I, I will be back to it this weekend. Yeah. And, yeah. and Kyle, you better say that your wife has been lovely ladying your R1S lately yeah. because. I will say yeah. she does look phenomenal in it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> like, yeah, she looks great. <laughs> Jimmy, what are you thinking? I'll come over to you, but I wanted to kind of rewind a little bit, and this is probably more for Tony, but um, just because I keep thinking of people who are just hearing this for the first time and stumbling on this video. Right now, we know that these options are arriving in early 2023. Tony, do you want to speak as far as when these configurations might be in the delivery window, or are we just not there? Yeah, the, the, I, I think what I can say about the delivery window is that we're going to try to prioritize these Quad Max customers. They, many of them are are some of our longest standing mm -hmm. uh, pre-order holders. So one of the things around delivery timing is that we are going to, those in a serviceable area, we're going to try to prioritize them to be the earliest deliveries that we make of these vehicles. Um, so we will have a, a lot more detail when we update uh, the next delivery window timing um, in account. So I think that's uh, that's coming in January. The goal for the configurator, earliest we'll see it up and running in the configurator, all of these changes would be January. I do want to give our digital teams a little bit of flex time there, um, you know, for early Q1. You mentioned more options. Is there any thought or has there been any thought if you can answer as far as like maybe a three motor variant of R1 or something that may 
you know, or is it not really, I guess it's not really necessary just because you can do so much with software and you guys have gotten the dual motor as close as you have to the quad motor. I just, I guess I'm curious if like, was that ever a consideration? If you can. Yeah. Uh, I guess from a motor standpoint, certainly, right? You like, we already have a dual motor system where we got one in the front, one in the rear. We have quads that can go front and rear. So from like a, an integration standpoint, it's always kind of on the table uh, to do something like a, like a try that the parts exist, the integration exists, there's there'd be some validation and like um, calibration effort for sure to go through some of that final vehicle level testing. But the pieces kind of exist to do that if we, if we choose to. Um, at the moment, no, no plan to do that. With the dual and the quad, we're kind of, as Tony talked about, like putting ourselves at two different um, tiers of performance and tiers of, of price that should should be able to, um, you know, bring in all, all the customers. We need to keep the line busy for sure. Um, so we haven't we haven't gone on that road, but it's kind of something that it's it's sitting there. Should we figure out it makes sense in the market? Great answer. <laughs> For now, Jimmy, they need to keep things simple and get no as doubt. many people their vehicles as possible, right? <laughs> we have so many vehicles to produce. Right. Let's keep it simple. So Skyler, why couldn't I find the words? That was, that was beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> no, you you found the right words. I'm just putting it in, in yep. Jimmy language. Something Jimmy <laughs> can understand. <laughs> Love you, buddy. <laughs> Love you, buddy. Skylar, do you have any other questions? No, I, I think I'm good. I I have one kind of after call question for Mason. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so good. Uh, Kyle, yeah. I just if I could just hit a couple notes really quickly. Yeah, please do. Yep. Yeah, so I, you know, one of the things I, I thought we could also just mention really quickly, there's a lot we're very excited about uh, as we move into 23. So we've set the stage with some of our major product updates. Um, I think I feel very confident that uh, once the configurator is updated, our product roadmap will be clear uh, to all of our customers, pre-order holders and reservation holders alike. Um, and we will start continuing to see production ramp, which means the opportunity to get more customers through the purchasing process is kind of upon us. Um, the Rivian shop uh, early next year will be used even more frequently with more customers. So we spent a lot of 2022 talking about customers with, with flexibility, customers that just wanted their vehicle as fast as possible. Like, give me anything, I'll take it quickly. We will leverage the Rivian shop uh, the R1 shop as the place where customers can actually just express choice um, uh, and express that flexibility. So we will continue to invite customers into the shop in order of serviceability. Are you in a location where we can service and deliver and your pre-order date? So we're just going to leverage that. And over time, each week, we're just going to invite hundreds of more customers into the shop when there are vehicles available. Um, you'll see R1Ss uh, added to the shop as well. Um, at the beginning of next year. So I think it'll make it a more compelling place for uh, the totality of our pre-order holders. Um, and then we're going to get closer to inviting reservation holders in. As we all know, we're building some of these vehicles in batches, which means there might be a vehicle that is not tied specifically to Kyle or Skyler yet. Uh, and so that may mean the early reservation holders would then be invited in to make their first purchases. So 
in January. I do hope that our teams are able to test that out. Um, some of the last tests that we did in 2022, uh, you know, set people into, uh, you know, a little bit of a, uh, of a, of a fury. Don't worry. We're going to test it out and we'll communicate very clearly, uh, when we're going to start inviting reservations holders in as a whole, but we owe them some good information and better information on timing also. Uh, so excited to get to that place. Um, but those are just a couple of the things that we're looking at in, in 2020 and 2023. Um, in addition to just continuing to simplify the purchase process making sure that the visual studio and the configurator are really clean and that they're showing customers what we are making now so that they can purchase the things that Rivian is producing now. Um, so I, I'm very excited about the digital play that plays that we can make uh, at the beginning of the year, uh, but also just the speed by which we can get customers vehicles that actually are truly flexible. Awesome. I know that we're out of time. Mason, thanks for joining us. Congratulations on a great product uh, as far as this this next step. Tony, congratulations on another hurdle as far as our community. I know we're kind of keep going over, but you guys should really feel proud, especially as we get towards the last week of the year. I know it's probably a little bit oh, yeah. busy um, in your guys' neck of the woods. but It's um, go time. Yes. Yeah, you guys should feel proud. I mean, it is kind of mind-boggling just to think about the cars that we have in our driveways and that this is like the first iteration and all the options that are coming is really exciting mason if we were like just kind of around with drinks i think that there are a few more questions we would ask uh <laughs> but for here i think that it's probably appropriate to leave it where it, where it is now um but we we really appreciate all your work mason and, and tony we know that you guys have been at this for a long time so just keep going. Uh, you guys are doing no great. Doubt. Skyler, Jimmy, thank you guys for your time. And uh, Rachel, if you guys haven't, you guys haven't seen her on YouTube, but she's she's been back helping <laughs> us as well. So thank you also, and, Rachel. And happy holidays mm -hmm. and a happy new year to all of our friends at Rivian and obviously all of the uh, Rivian Stories community out there. Thanks. I hate that I missed the uh, the backers meeting earlier today. I hopped on just <laughs> it, as it ended. I got a chance to, to hang out with the guys for a bit, but um, want to thank you all for all the work that you're doing. Bringing this community together is really special to us. There's something very, very tactile and tangible about uh, what's happening uh, at Rivian and around Rivian. So we're so grateful for the role that you're playing uh, in helping to bring folks together. Uh, and we're just really excited about doing more of this in 2023 and continuing to engage very directly with you all and, and with other owners across the country. Oh, and Canada. Yeah, that's right. Correct. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tony. Bye, Thank everyone. You, Rachel. Thanks, Mason. Thank you very yep. much. And